books. This is a book that came out in uh, the year 2000. The third book in the series is the longest book in the series in my books. In the novels, write the book in the first book. Books in the uh, books. Books. The fifth book is about to come out. Two books. And in the books. He does that in the books, too. Welcome to books. Uh, my name's Emmanuel. I've got my co-host with me. We're going to talk about A Song of Ice and Fire. As per usual, you probably know by now. Introduce uh, yourselves. Hi, my name is Janosch. Hello, my name is Rainer, and uh, we have our first guest today. Guest, please introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Chaz, and I'm happy to be here. <laughs> we are happy to have you. Yeah. Thank you. So what's happening in the, in the, in the world of uh, Twitter and, and bad journalism? Oh, I'm glad you asked. Um, <laughs> not much, but there's like... So here's the thing. That interview George did uh, that we talked about in the last two episodes, it's, it's, apparently still, it's, it's apparently still the most recent interview, and that one quote yeah. is still, uh, you know, inspiring journalists all over the world uh, to... Still bearing fruit. Yeah. yeah so this here's, wine cup overfloweth. There's, there's one uh, great, I think, British... Yeah, it's .co.uk, so... Uh, it's probably like uh, pretty... actually, Chaz, you're from the UK, right? Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, what can you tell us about Express.co.uk? Ooh, the Express. Um, they tend to lie about everything. They're basically, okay. as tabloids go, they're like a conspiracy theory tabloid. Um, that lines up. <laughs> so they'll have real news on, but they'll also just make things up, um, and they can sort of just get away with it, really. <laughs> oh, that's. Uh... It's interesting to hear because because uh, this this site have been has been recycling just the same article about based on the same Develt interview. So here's one from February the seventh that is titled "Game of Thrones Book Six Delayed." George R. R. Martin forced to rewrite Winds of Winter. Oh, forced to? Okay. <laughs> So apparently, Game of Thrones fans were expecting George R. R. Martin to deliver Book Six, Winds of Winter, this year, but there are new fears he has been forced to rewrite the final two novels, causing even more delays uh, to the release date. Uh, it seems increasingly ironic. The most famous phrase was "something never happening." What? That's mm. what are they talking about? Involves hell freezing over. The winds of winter have been blowing long and cold in fans' hearts as they hunker down and wait nine years and counting for the sequel to 2011's The Dance with Dragons. Uh, and then they go on like this. There was some... Ang- okay, fans were still reeling from Martin's rather unfortunate excited announcement about a new book release. There was some anger when it turned out to be a new version of Fire and Blood, the Targaryen prequel. I don't remember this happening. This is from... This is from February seventh, twenty twenty, right? This that's that's this year. Why are they still yes. talking about fire and ice, fire and blood? Sorry, fire and blood. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then they started talking about the Devalt interview. Martin was speaking of the problems caused when the HBO television adaptation of his novels unexpectedly caught up with what he had written and then went past it. This unexpected caught up happened five years ago. Yeah, but <laughs> like at this point, it was ago. very expected. Mm-hmm. And then it's the same quote, people know a conclusion, but not the conclusion. The creators of the TV show has overtaken me, uh, which provoked a major worry from fans. And now numerous fan blogs and industry sites started to suggest Martin had made a coded comment that he was rethinking his original plans for the books. So this is basically the same thing we talked about last week. 
And then there's another article by the same website that was today, which is the exact same thing. <laughs> uh, this is called Winds of Winter Update had George R. R. Martin delayed New Game of Thrones book again. Is so, that another George Simpson piece? Just three days later, yeah. <laughs> no, this is from... The previous one was written by... Uh, yeah, these are different people who published it. So apparently there's maybe no internal communication at express.co.uk. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense. Or it's one person writing uh, everything under like five aliases. Yeah. Now this is the most interesting out of these uh, Express articles are the one written by George Simpson that you just mentioned. Um yeah, this man's a legend. He puts out an article like every like five a day, and two of them are about the same exact thing where Tiwao isn't still is still not out, and he like throws in a mention of George's age every single article, and he usually is quoting for like sources for this bullshit. He's quoting like forum users and like redditors and Twitter people. Reliable it's kind of hilarious. sources. Okay, so this one, this article by George Simpson, I'm gonna say this uh, contains some spoilers uh, towards like a later book review. So if you're a first time reader and don't know about uh, big things that were revealed in the show that supposedly also happened in the books, uh, maybe skip ahead like a few minutes. Um, this one is called Winter Winter Theory. George R. R. Martin intends Jon Snow and Arya Stark to become lovers. And lovers is written in all caps. No, that was in the original um, book. Yeah, that was in the proposal that he sent off. But I don't think that's happening anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It it doesn't seem likely, right? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. uh, Do you remember the original draft? In the original proposal, it was going to be a love triangle between Tyrion, Jon, and Arya. Um, Thank you, George. Thank yeah, you, George. Thank you, George. <laughs> so that's that's garbage. There was this was a very few, very weird uh, outline. I don't know if there there were like I think Emmanuel, you mentioned like some other things that were weird about it a while ago, but I don't remember what it was. Uh, yeah, I think it ends with I think Jamie becomes the sort of Lannister antagonist, and he becomes the big bad that they're fighting down uh-huh. in the south while they're fighting the White Walkers in the north, which is a big difference, I think. Yeah, he becomes king. Catelyn was supposed to go north of the wall with uh, her children. I don't know how many of them. Um, Some of them. There's a bunch of weird shit. Yeah. There's something about the squishers coming in and invading, but, you know. The what? There's nothing. Oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making that up. <laughs> <laughs> so this says, um, okay, they were thought to be brothers and sister, brother and sister, but Game of Thrones soon revealed that Jon Snow was Aegon Targaryen. The rightful heir to the Iron Throne, which okay. Uh-huh. Nevertheless, I mean, for all we know, George could still do that. Um, I don't think he will, but it's possible. Oh, do you not believe could, in two Aegons? Like, uh, honestly, I just think he won't have a Targ name. That's no. That's the only possible. I like to think I that think. it's. I like to think that. Um, well, I mean, Rhaegar was planning on having a daughter because he was trying to recreate the like trio. Uh huh. Um, but I would like to think that maybe I don't know. I feel like um, Rhaegar wasn't there, so he wouldn't have been able to name anything. And maybe Lyanna has a secret name for him, but who knows? Oh, spoilers! I, thought, shit. I, th- I always thought that John was maybe. Oh yes, spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we said a spoiler warning for this segment, yeah. so go ahead. 
I can put in a time code to where we start chapter discussion. Uh, yeah, this, uh, then, then George goes on. Was it George? Yeah, George Simpson goes on. Nevertheless, he remains related by blood to Arya Stark, thanks to his mother Lyanna. Yet, that never stopped an incestuous relationship between Westeros houses. So, great stuff here. They may not have known it for a time, but John and Daenerys become, became lovies before realizing Aegon was her nephew. This is really confusing writing, honestly. Um, following her bout of wrath in the final episodes of Game of Thrones, John knew he had to put down the Mad Queen. But Ugh. what if George R. R. Martin's plans for his last two books will see John fall in love with Arya instead, giving them a slightly different ending in A Song of Ice and Fires, The Wind of Winter, and The Demos Spring? This is the claim of a popular new theory penned by <laughs> Grateful Bread. <laughs> <laughs> on the A Song of Ice and Fire Reddit. <laughs> so he's just putting out Reddit theories, okay. I guess it's something George Simpson does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the fan wrote, For me, this is a plotline that the show could have easily punted on because of the incest topic, but makes sense within the books. They continued. <laughs> You've got to keep in the incest topic, it's very yeah. important. If Danny and John fall in love in the books, but Danny starts to go the route of Tyrant and threatens John's Stark family, that could be the beginning of their end. Which of course leaves open the possibility of George's original intention, a romance between John and Arya. Of all the endings presented in the show, Arya's Sail West conclusion seems to be the least plausible to me. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it is possible that George may intend to end the story with John and Arya intermingled, whether that is north of the wall or otherwise. Why intermingled? Why put it like that? <sighs> like you can have you can have Arya not just sail into the sunset in the end, uh, and also not being romantically involved with John. You know. Yeah. Let's yeah. move on. I think that's yeah. fair. <laughs> yeah, let, let's just leave it as it is. And uh, yeah, so you know, to the good books, please. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think this is confirmed. Uh, I'm also looking at the Reddit post, and nobody is on board with this. So you know, <laughs> Not even George, George is Simpson. On board with it, so. Let's wash the taste out of, that, of our out of our mouths with some good pictures of George in hats. Oh, that's true. George has, yeah. George is the king of the throwback Thursdays on Twitter, honestly. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he has He posted... gave me this, this old picture of him in a hat for my birthday on the 6th. <laughs> <laughs> happy birthday. Happy yeah, birthday. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, if you can't, if you want to go see it, go to his Twitter, but it's, uh, good. He, he's just chilling. He's got a good hat. A good shirt, like kind of a pirate white. Yeah, he's got the uh, like a necklace. Yeah. What? That's like almost a choker. Yeah, it's George's yeah. hip. I mean, he, a good he did capture yeah. a hip cat in the hat, which honestly, mm-hmm. yeah. same. He's there's got a also, deep V going on. Yeah, there's also a picture from like I think two or three weeks back, in where he is uh, in front of a cool car from January, and kind of. A similar similar outfit. Yeah, he's his. wearing a very fun hat. In front of a sports car. He's looking very good. <laughs> thanks, George. Yeah. Thank you, George. Actually, uh, so thanks yeah, for that. On that, I still uh, haven't been able to segue into the episode segments since the first episode. 
there you go. Or the chapter segments. Yeah. Let's talk about a Game of Thrones chapter twenty-one, Tyrion three. Now this uh, you might remember is the one where Tyrion is having like hanging out with uh, with the Night's Watch people. He's having like oh, he's having a little going away party. What was that? <laughs> that was my bottle. Okay, it's fine. Okay. Yeah, he's just shooting the <laughs> shit with uh with Geor Mormont. Uh I think Eamon he's is there, Bone Marsh. Yeah, uh, he's he's shooting some japes at uh, Alice of Thorn, which everyone loves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is this is peak Tyrion in terms of like choking around and ag- being actually funny to Yeah. All the people who have a sense of humor around him. This is the like most likable Tyrion gets yeah, probably. Definitely. Um mm-hmm. and then of course there's also uh you know the famous part where he climbs on top of the tower. Uh and on top of the wall. On top of the wall, sorry. Yeah, I think he goes through a tower, right? Or how do, how does that work? No, well, he goes like up the winch. Pulled yeah, off in, in the in basket. Cage, yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh then he sees John <laughs> and Ghost. John looks badass here. He's got the, like, sword and spear. I don't know why he has a spear on top of the wall. It's kind of, like, useless, but that's what they gave him. And he's got the big war horn across his, his uh, chest. I guess I mean, with the spear, I guess with the spear, you could toss it down at some wildlings. I mean, you probably uh, miss, but I guess it's more of, like, a throwing weapon. <laughs> a, a warning shot. Yeah, exactly. I guess it's more used as a walking stick when you're... Yeah. Like doing the mm-hmm. rounds and, and walking for miles, uh, patrolling the wall. It's like when, I don't know, it, it's like when in a Fire Emblem I give uh, someone who is on top of a dragon uh, and I still give them a spear, like, okay, or an axe. Like, it's kind of not the <laughs> most useful thing to shoot from or to use from uh, from up top, but like, there's still. What if a dragon rider had a fun. gun? <laughs> Uh, you know, I think I think that's what's gonna happen in the Winds of Winter. Mm. <laughs> they have the big gun. What if you had a big gun on a dragon? That would be epic. <laughs> then you could destroy the Iron Fleet from the dragon. God, that's, Can I, you imagine? I, it's if, get, getting my gears turning just thinking. About <laughs> it. If Euron, if Euron captures a dragon and then builds his big gun onto the dragon. Mm-hmm. From there. Mm-hmm. That could happen. <laughs> yeah. Sure, sure. I guess I guess we're just full spoiling characters that's gonna show up later. It doesn't matter. Who's he? <laughs> never, never heard of him. Yeah. That's fine. I think he's a show only character. Yeah. Uh, okay. Okay. Show only. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, during the discussion at the at the dinner first, though, there's like a lot of stuff where. Um, they're basically like, uh, Tyrion isn't really taking them seriously, and he's, um, Jir, like, ends the night basically by begging him to use his influence to get them help. Um, and he's just like, well, I can, I can ask, but, uh, they're not gonna listen to me. Meanwhile, Tyrion could, like, help himself, but he, he yeah, won't. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is like, I don't know how much we're... I was still trying to keep the spoiler free because I have... Like, the way this pays off in... Uh, is it in Clash mm-hmm. or is it in Storm? It's in Clash. 
yeah, the way this pays off in 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 Clash is, I think, interesting, <laughs> or like a like a good look at uh, you know how Tyrion works as a character. Yeah, but we'll be like talking about that in a year. So stay <laughs> tuned. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they talk about uh, he goes up the wall, and they talk about like Benjen is still gone and. Benjamin uh, is still gone. Yeah, I'm. I'm and, worried uh, about him. Uh, he's fine. I he's he's going to be right. back in the he's, next John chapter, right? He's I mean, a great Brent's ranger. Sister. I'm sure he'll come back. Yeah, yeah. They also talk about, uh, you know, in the at the dinner scene, um, they mentioned that. Uh, I think is it there that uh, Gior says something about how John is doing a better job training. Uh, Training the Night's Watch recruits than Eliza did. Um, no, I don't think he says anything about that. But Tyrion says that once oh, Alistair leaves, John, does he talk with John about that? I forget. Yeah, like, the, the I think they bring about, they bring uh, up like how John has been training them. They no, just. I, I remember Tyrion just poking fun at Alistair and saying that he shouldn't be training, like he sucks yeah. at his job. Oh yeah, maybe it's maybe it was that. Yeah. 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 And then Mormont basically Which is true. true. Is this the first time we see Maester Aemon, like, in the book? Uh, it's the first time he appears, yeah. 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 He's mentioned, I think, once before. Mm. When yeah, but like the first he, time he we actually see him. Like, have Maester Aemon have a look at his at his wrist. But I think it's mm-hmm. the first time he appears on page, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he calls Tyrion yeah. a giant. Yeah, the giant has come yeah. amongst them. Yeah. There's so many, like, opportunities in this chapter handed to Tyrion in which he could, mm. you know, grow as a person... And uh, be you know be more like like both the giant thing and the like offer of like when they when when Gior says like we could use men like you at the Night's Watch, uh, mm-hmm. you know if he if he were less of a you know self self pitying uh, person he could he could like use this to to you know change and grow and maybe help out like either help help out at the wall or like. Uh, you know, try to do better at other things or, like, realize that people see value in him. But instead, yeah. like, also the way the, the the giant of Lannister thing also comes back later and it's going to be less great. Yeah. <laughs> he does take one opportunity, though, to be... You know, John asks him for help and he does, uh, he does do the one yes. thing there. But we'll talk about that in a little bit. In, like, 15 minutes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, Tyrion says he feels embarrassed um, for Jor when he's asking him for help, so he just doesn't take the whole thing seriously in any mm. way, basically, from the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Jor's he, talking about how they're losing all these good men, and, he, like, the watch is fucked, and, like, we have, like, only a thousand people, and we used to have so many more, but, yeah, Tyrion's just like, well, what are you guys doing anyway? Yeah. Which is is kind of fair. I mean, he does hasn't seen anything that like seems super important. Mm-hmm. They're basically staring into the void from top of the wall, as far as he has seen. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, George yeah. is going on about yeah, like uh, wildlings are, are fleeing to the south, and uh, he's seen dark shapes in his dream. And uh, uh, at at Eastwatch, uh, they. Uh, sailors have seen uh, white walkers on the shore, and I mean he he doesn't believe in that stuff, and so for him it's it's yeah 
Just yeah. tales of, of an old man. And I Maybe guess he from... represents... Yeah, I guess he sort of represents how the South sees the Watch mm. as a whole as well. As the Southern character, he comes in mm. and he doesn't think there's any need for it. And it's sort of old-fashioned, useless. And that's sort of how the entire South sort of see the wall at this point in the mm. in the series. Yeah, it yeah. certainly has a, a higher regard in, in the North. And uh, mm. with uh, with Chor, uh, I uh, think we talking a little bit today in in, uh, in the book club or in, in the Discord about... Uh, it's kind of unclear why why Jor even went to the Night's Watch. He just, like, abdicated in, in favor of uh, of Jorah and thought, well, maybe I can uh, I can help the North more, uh, like, uh, serving the Night's Watch. So it's a bit weird, yeah, to the, me, honestly, that, that he would take... The way I understand it, uh, it's like, he's like 50 or something... And Jorah is like, come, you know, is already a man, so he's just like, well, here you go, and I'll, I'll go like be useful in my retirement age. It's an interesting contrast with Jorah sort of betraying the North and yeah. him going to like help the North as <laughs> much as possible. Yeah. yeah, that's what what I initially thought before I did this reread that uh, that uh, Jorah kind of kind of took the punishment instead of his son. Like when he went to exile, he thought oh, he brought shame to our house, so like. I will take the black instead of him. That's what I initially thought was why he ended up there, but it apparently it was much, much, much earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this chapter also has some very fun, uh, George names. Uh, there's, there's someone named Jeremy Ricker, but Jeremy is spelled with an A instead of an E. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then there's, there's a mention of someone named Jick, which is J-Y-C-K. Mm-hmm. Jick. Jick and Morek yeah. was the was the mention. Like both of them are great. Uh, Bronzion yeah. Royce gets a shout out. Bronzion, uh, which you know, he's like a classic character, and it took me until this reread to realize that uh, Waymar Royce was Bronzion Royce's son. Mm-hmm. So that <laughs> yeah, was that was uh, like a very enlightening moment for me. <laughs> yeah, I also thought he was like a, a distant nephew or something, but that he was nope. actually his third son, I guess. Yeah. It's a son. Yeah, because when you read this for the first time, of course you're not going to remember uh, when a f- some family connection is uh, brought up and then that character appears like in the next book. Mm-hmm. It's also a nice cultural note because um, even like no Southern people send their, their, their sons to the wall like willingly. Nobody is like, oh... I live in the Reach. Time to go to the Wall and serve out my life there willingly. But the Royces are, I still have the like cultural first men stuff where they um, probably still have that kind of cultural memory or like hold the the watch in higher esteem. So, do you think in the South they're more likely to send extra sons to join the faith, and then in the North it's more likely yeah, to, to send them to become the maesters or something like that? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they don't have clergy in the North, right? For the the old gods, nah. there is no, there aren't any like shamans or yeah. something like that. You can you could send sons off. So yeah, not anymore. Yeah, were there? I mean, not going to. Well, as part of who can say? But anyway, any last thoughts about this one? Let's move uh, on to Arya. John, uh, sorry, George also wrote oh, the, the line that Elisa Thorne had a dagger up his butt, or he walked like he had. <laughs> <laughs> up his butt, which is it's perfect. One of these lines that 
kind of stands out that uh, as weirdly phrased in in contrast to everything else. No, I like it works in a Tyrion chapter because that's the way yeah. Tyrion observes people. True. Yeah. And it's fun if it's about a character like uh, Alyssa Thorne who sucks already. So that's true. Uh, it's just the word it's... "but." The word "but" yeah. showing up. <laughs> I don't know if if, if "but" is ever said again in, in the whole book. Uh, do you have a search of ice and fire open? Yeah, I can. Let's I know, do something. I, have... so, I guess it's like "but" of the spear, you know. Uh, oh, so they got was... like the concept of a "but." Uh-huh. Uh huh. True. <laughs> oh, uh, how Tyrion. Many? Wait, there's another Tyrion that has a Thir- "but." There are thirty-seven. 37 instances of uh, but in the first four books. Okay, so that's still not a very common word, like for, but, you know, uh, f- 3,000 pages or however much that is. But it's a lot of uh, but of, like, a weapon or mm. someone being the butt of a joke. Yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, it's like maybe half of the times they're talking about actual butts. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, All right. Speaking of actual butts, um, <laughs> I, do, I, I don't remember there being Can any Arya actual butts in Arya 2, I'm butt? sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Arya's really sad. Arya's so sad. Yeah. <clears throat> she's, she's, she's sad and she's acting out, yeah. Yeah, I mean, relatable. So yeah. she's sitting at the table, there, all the guards and, and the Stark household in King's Landing is eating dinner. Um, she's thinking about how, you know, all these people, she, you know, used to love being around them, but now all their jokes and, and stories and stuff sound like, you know, she hates the sound of them, like having fun while, and, and like, you know, she just lost her friend and they didn't do anything about it. So yeah, it's sad. Yeah. Like some, some fun things she does in this, uh, chapter is uh two things uh the first one is when like in this first part where she said my first like thing that i noticed was when uh septimordin tells her she should she she should sit down and clean her plate she says clean it yourself and then she runs away <laughs> it's like an epic clap back yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's such perfect nine-year-old behavior this is the mm-hmm. second time i think she's yelled something at septimordin and then run away Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it's kind kind of a theme. Yeah, it's most yeah. most of their interactions end that way. <laughs> and Slamming then when she's <laughs> when she's in her room, uh, what's his name, Fat Tom, I think, uh, yeah. is calling for her uh, and like asking if she's in there, and she answers no, and then she walks away. And then he walks away. <laughs> <laughs> she said he was easily fooled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Arya, she, he, he didn't fool him, is the thing. He just went to go get an authority figure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's, uh, that's the more likely explanation. Like, uh, I think it's... So she presents it as if he was like, oh, yeah, there's no one in there, better leave. <laughs> I think he probably just doesn't care that much, yeah. <laughs> I really like how um, how much we see the the household and the guards and like the other people in their lives so we see them do like a fair bit of parenting um yes. I, I don't know if we mentioned it whenever we were in the chapter but uh on the like the ruby ford whenever um during the little like 
interrogation scene with Robert and, and the Stark girls, uh, it's Jory that, like, holds Arya back from, like, running at her sister and, like, beating the fuck out of her. And, um, and here it's, like, Fat Tom is, you know, I mean, he's, like, I, I get the sense that he's genuine, genuinely worried about her and, and that kind of thing. Um, so, I don't know. It's just nice yeah. to see. I like it also it. has, like, this cool, uh, description of how, uh, how Ned always had, uh, like when they were having dinner in Winterfell, he always had like one servant sit with mm. them and tell mm-hmm. about their lives. And then Mikan was gonna tell about like forging stuff, uh, or I don't know what the other examples were. Like Old Nan was sitting there. Yeah, the horseman. The horseman. Uh-huh. And like Ned was always very interested to hear their stories. Mm-hmm. I guess it's so isolated in the North as well that these people are their family sort of their their community that they have around them whereas i guess in king's landing there's far more people who are on their level who they end up having to talk to instead yeah yeah and like you know feudalism still uh (laughs) not a great system but like the starks (laughs) have always been like the the example of people who were you know still part of the system still like not not wanting to end feudalism but they were like the ones that were like handling it more humanely than than like fucking Tywin would do it. Yeah. yeah. And they're 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 like this is a community that's not alienated and like isolated and like atomized and that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, screw capitalism. Yeah, they, they kind kind of view agree. it as like uh, you're not you're not owning your small folk, you kinda have responsibilities towards them mm. and, and stuff like that. We get that especially later when uh in in a few chapters when when Bran like recounts a few lessons that uh, uh, that his father gave him in in governing, mm-hmm. yeah, they're like if you if you can be good in in feudalism, the Starks like uh, do a pretty good job, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Speaking of the Starks, then Ned shows up. Yeah, Ned shows up, and then we have like some great parents. Um, you know, in some in. Of in the- yeah, some in of Ned the best Way, parenting, parenting we get yeah. from Ned, I think. In yeah, or in this entire oh, well. book series, honestly, yeah. because most parents he, are pretty fucked up in in the Song of Ice and Fire. He's obviously frustrated from all the hand stuff in the small council, yeah. but he's still very patient. I think he's so patient with her in this one. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he sits her down and tries to tell her about how, like, you know, we we're we've come to a dangerous place and and. You can't fight anymore. Like we got a, we got real shit right now. Like can't really be playing these games. And we get the famous, the the pack survives during winter quote. Yeah. God, there's so many catchphrases in these yeah. chapters. Also, mm-hmm. one interesting or, or just thing. in this one chapter, there's there's still gonna be come like uh, the serial stuff. Uh, but one, yeah. One other quote that kind of stood out to me was uh, when he tells her that. Uh, uh, a lie can be uh, with honor. Yes, so that's it. Mm. Yeah, right. Like she tells, people, people she tells him about say that it's it's uh, it's kind of like Ned's fault that he can't lie, but that's not true. Like uh, if it's uh, yeah, he chooses not to. Yeah, he chooses not and, like, to. If it's, if spoilers, it's unnecessary, he does but lie. Uh, if he can avoid like uh, greater harm, he very much does lie and thinks it's yeah. It's, uh, yeah. It's a good thing to well, do. I mean, an honorable says, thing to do. 
and it's interesting um, that he's also sort of talking about Liana at the same time in the same conversation. So that's just oh. a hmm. little little connection. Interesting. Mm. Probably nothing. <laughs> Probably yeah, nothing. Coincidence, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, you know it's 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 true that it's very it's uh, very touching when when you know it has. He tells her that she's like uh, Liana, like she was also like fierce and strong. Um, we get like okay, so like with the lie stuff, I, I think if we can uh, get back a bit, uh, she first tells tells how she had to chase away uh, Nymeria, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that they were like her and uh, Jory, I think. Were like throwing, had to throw rocks at her to chase her away, but like they had to protect her, and like this really fucked her up. Understandably yeah. so. Well, yeah, it's just symbolically pushing away part of her own nature, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, it's, yeah, you're right. Fuck. I'm sensing a theme. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like a theme. It smells like a theme. Mm. Tastes like a theme. Anyway. Um. <laughs> And then she, uh, then he learns about needle, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, she has needle in her hand. Yeah, she has needle she opens, in her hand. When yeah, she yeah. opens the door, so no, we just didn't mention I, it. Yeah, seems uh, kind of like she forgets and just holding it, and, and he comes in and says, "Oh, damn, I'm still holding this door. What's this?" <laughs> a relatable parenting moment when you open <laughs> your your daughter's door and she has a real sword. <laughs> <laughs> It says as um, uh, as they're knocking at the door, she's just like swiping it around in the air, just in anger, which is a good visual. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hello, Varia. Um, Varia's good. There's, there's so then when she gets her dancing teacher. Yeah. I, I found interesting, which shows like how much of a child she still is when she uh, contemplates like, oh, I could uh, I could climb down the tower and uh, steal some food and. Uh, and take my good shoes and just go north and find Namiri and walk back to Winterfell, which is such a... Yeah. Just, just I mean, if this was the show world, it. she could. Yeah, she could, but like... She could just walk there. <laughs> Get there in an like, afternoon, it'd be yeah, fine. How, yeah, how much of a baby she still is. I just think about that, that this is like, would even be an option. Mm-hmm. This is really good passage where uh, Ned asks about the sword and uh, he says, uh, I ought to snap this toy across my knee here and now and put an end to this nonsense. And then Arya just says, needle wouldn't break. And then he says, it has a name, does it? So like, <laughs> this is like, like to me, like this, it has a name, does it sound like so resigned? Like, okay, she's, she's really like... It's like this. Uh, okay, so it really isn't isn't just a phase, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 He kind of sees that this is he's he's kind of lost here, and there's yeah. no point in, in like trying to avoid her, uh, like trying her hand in sword fighting. And I guess that's that's one reason why he says like, okay, like if you if you want to learn sword fighting, like do it properly and uh, uh, under supervision, and yeah. Guess he, he thinks that's that's uh, that's a safer way, and oh, uh, it's better to yeah. be able to use it rather than just yeah. And know, I guess also yeah. being able to use it and having <laughs> yeah. it. He has some control over like what she's doing and uh, how she's spending her time and and what keeps her busy. Like that's uh, he sees that's maybe it's uh, regulation. A, a good a good parenting move. Ned says, "Always bring your spotter when you go to the gym." <laughs> <laughs> 
as the thing I was talking about in uh, in the book club Discord was um, how it does show the like the real world consequences of when Arya moves away from the societal laws and the rules. It does end badly, and it does end with a boy dying. It's mm. not just something mm. that she can do, and everyone's like, "Oh, that's just Arya." It's something that has real world consequences for other yeah. people. Damn. <laughs> yeah, that's like also, I. You know, because I, I think this book is really well structured. Because uh, and, and like we've been talking about this in uh, previous episodes, like the brand getting shoved out of the window. Like that's like a moment where early on, okay, you kind of eased into this thing, and then mm-hmm. you realize, oh, okay, wow, in this book, oh. like things happen that have like long-lasting or like full character-changing consequences, right? Yeah. So I guess that's. Yeah. That, that's, you know, that was for me when I was first reading it, that was like the first point, point when I, uh, when I realized that. And then the other one, you, the one you might just mentioned with the boy getting killed that comes like, I think a few chapters after that. So that's like, you're really getting, and then with lady getting killed and, uh, yeah, that, that yeah, like I'm... really, he like really, uh, shoves it in that, uh, or like rubs it in that, you know. And, Sansa being able to, Sansa being able to lie in the trial as well shows that she's yeah. more equipped to survive at court. I think. Yeah, but the yeah, thing is, damn. is that Ned doesn't give Sansa this talk about. It seems like he has a lot more trouble like relating to her. Um, yeah. yeah, because she she's better at the court life, but she still needs some fucking lessons. And and <laughs> uh, yeah, Ned kind of lets her yeah. down. I think. I guess because they figure for her to survive her skill set has to be sort of marrying Joffrey being a good wife sort of skills that she's been learning with the scepter and they don't think that it's going to be quite as bad as it's going to be yeah it's it's hmm, yeah yeah because it's weird that uh, I think even at the end of this chapter or like at the end of their interaction uh, when I talk about Bran um Ned still uh, says to her, uh, oh, you're going to have to uh, marry a prince and be his queen. Which, mm. you know, it's weird that Ned still thinks that that's Arya's fate, right? Or does he just tell that him- to himself that uh, they'll still be able to, even if she, if, she, if she learns sword fighting now, she'll still, at one point, will be put back into society, into the role that... I mean, realistically, she will be. I mean, she's like... Uh... Uh, the second-born daughter of a yeah, great house. I guess. Like, realistically, she, you can't just say I'm not participating in society. Yeah, yeah. that's. <laughs> she would have like go into exile or something, I guess, to to really do that. Or I guess she won't become a scepter. That's maybe out of the question. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess it was well, Leanna, yeah. Leanna's fate as well was to marry Robert. Yeah. Um, so you know. <sighs> yeah. Well. Uh, never mind, I have a spoiler thing, but I think we should keep going. Unless, we can keep uh, uh, yeah. talking about, let's, let's just, after we've done with the uh, main chapter discussion, let's just talk about Liana, cause she comes up, like, a lot in these chapters, and. Okay. I think, then- I think that's interesting. Like, we can explore this idea later of Liana's yeah. fate, uh, when we can do spoilers. Uh, and then, of course, uh, Serio shows up. Like, to me, the first time I read this book, I remember this was one of those super exciting moments when uh, when he showed up. Like, ooh, training montage. Mm. <laughs> I have to good. say, 
I have to say, uh, Siri is one of the few cases where I really don't mind how the show changed his appearance. Like, uh, <laughs> friend of the friend oh, give of him the like show. a Greek fro. Hell yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, Miltos is a, is a really good Siri for even if he's not bold. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, Honestly, like the first, as much as I have my issues, even with the first few seasons, I think they, Mostly nailed the casting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah I do wish. They, I'm sorry. Uh, I said I, I was going to say I do wish that Robert was like you know eight yeah. inches taller, but oh well. <laughs> 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 and Renly too. Renly should have been like fucking giant built man, but oh well. That's true. That's kind of their homophobia showing. Yeah. Say. <laughs> uh, spoilers: Renly is gay. I don't think that has come up uh, yet in these chapters. <laughs> Wait, apparently gay. Uh, what's kind of weird about Serio is uh, it didn't, you know, it didn't occur to me the first time around. But like, how did how does Ned know him? Yeah. Oh, you know, we <laughs> <laughs> just found him. I've thought about this, and I have like kind of a theory, but uh, we could get into that later, maybe. Okay, let's since we'll let's be coming put a back pin to into that. Yeah. Um, so let's maybe. talk about it. Speaking of gay people, yeah. let's talk about Danny. Okay. <laughs> so this is the, our favorite chapter of this week, right? Yeah, oh. definitely. Wow, this is a, <laughs> this is a fun chapter. I love it. Yeah. Yo. As I it's said tough. before, recording. If a if a chapter makes Shower Mormont look good, it can't be a very <laughs> a chapter where he doesn't, he doesn't even look good. He just looks. Yeah. He just okay. looks like I mean, a cynical still, asshole. Yeah. He's still described super gross. Like, I think he's, he's described as, you know, balding, very hairy. Yeah, he's a hairy man. But um, I was saying, uh, I think... I don't know if he's described sweating all the time, but, like, I'm just mentally adding that. <laughs> he's just a slime creature. But, uh... He, so, <laughs> I think I said in the, in the main Discord, or in the Discord that, like, the way this chapter is structured is that, I mean, George does this a lot where he'll, um, open the action and then the character will, like, recap what's going on, what's been happening to them, and then, uh, and he'll, like, juxtapose those things, but the way he does it here is, like, he gives us all the horrible shit that's been happening to Danny, um, in in kind of summary fashion, which is a bit of a relief. It's not in such like gruesome moment to moment detail, but it's still yeah really hard to read and and really awful still. But it's at the point in the chapter like she's kind of already passed it and is is doing better and like um, has already had this like reaffirming dragon dream that uh, made her feel a lot better and is like. Uh, a lot, you know, made her feel like a lot more, um, less afraid, I guess. I'm just gonna, yeah, sorry to interrupt this with this, but I have the wiki page open for this chapter and the related product on this one. I'm not shitting you. The first one is a DVD of a movie that has no relation. And then there's Dark Horse Deluxe Game of Thrones Jorah Mormont action figure. And the <laughs> other one is a Funko Pop of Game of Thrones Jorah Mormont. Ew. Okay. So thanks, Google. <laughs> Who Good is thing I have ad block. Who is buying Jorah Mormont action figures? 
Okay. Jorah Mormont Funko Pop. Yeah. Ooh, we love it. Just all those Jorah stands out there. They want their I think, Yeah. They're like all soccer moms, I think. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, she's ha- she's having a bad time. And the chapter ends with uh, the line, it was her 14th name day. So it's obviously... Oh God, yeah. <laughs> Sorry? Sorry, it's just it has all this... Yeah, it has all the um, summary of the horrible things that have been happening, and then she has what the chapter suggests is better uh, sex with Drogo, Mm -hmm. and then it ends saying it's her 14th name day, which is definitely a gut punch. Yeah. Yeah. One of the the hardest punching and end lines so far, I think. Yeah. Yeah, but in a way that I don't like it. Kind of an upwards trajectory, and like she's getting stronger and more confident, and then, oh, yeah, she's still a child. Damn. Because my what I was I was gonna say is that this makes it uh, you know this this really shows that George knows what he's doing. Like his mm. it is meant to be a portrayal of how she's having a horrible time. But I still wish he hadn't done it. Yeah, I don't I don't know if we needed all this to get the point across mm. that like yeah. child wives are not good. Like it's bad to yeah. Yeah, no but one needs to be persuaded. Hopefully not. You, you know, we could hope. But uh, there's this nice silver lining to this chapter. I mean, the main action of the chapter, I'd say, is, is centered around this scene with Viserys, which is, like, really good. Basically, she, um, after she's, while she's recounting all this stuff uh, about her, you know, having trouble riding and, and uh, you know, being raped and stuff, that uh, she's... She basically commands the Kalisar to stop, and she just wants to go and, like, chill in the grass for a bit and, like, enjoy herself. Like, just fucking have a nice, peaceful time for a little bit uh, without anybody, like, bothering her. And um, so she goes down, and then uh, uh, and then Viserys shows up, and he's just pissed off that, like, he... that she wanted, you know, like... He comes in and he's like, you dare give me a command, etc. And um, she resists him, and it's like the first time that she ever did. Uh, she like she says, I hit him. And that was like, and uh, yeah. So she she's like basically starting to stand up for herself, and it's it's really nice. It's good to see. Which is cool, but like then then it's we're back at... Uh at her thinking that uh, Drogo and Jorah are good in comparison because Viserys was so shitty. Yep. Because yeah. I guess it's sort of trying to show that now she has this new, like her new people and her new family. Like she looks like she belongs there and Viserys doesn't. Mm. And so she doesn't have to rely on him anymore, even though mm-hmm. her new situation isn't like the best. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of this horrible trade off that, like, uh, like, um, she gets she gets raped every night by by Drogo, mm. but also being the Khaleesi now like, gives her a lot of power, and she's for the first time in her life she like has power, especially over over Viserys, and yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But it also There's took, a thing George like, does. Oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I was gonna say that like she gets that, but it also takes this this like. I mean, she go. She's going through hell, and then and she's on the verge of committing suicide. Whenever mm. she has this dream, of uh, basically the dream is like this, you know, big black dragon that is 
covered in her blood and she knows like in that like way that you just know things in a dream and it like breathes fire onto her and basically like melts her and but she feels like it's purifying and like rejuvenating um and it's like melting all her fear away it's it, like all her strength is coming from herself like she is given this kind of institutional power in being Khaleesi but she doesn't start using it until she like this internal strength is like rising in her. And like, you know, she has been given no comfort from like any angle, any uh, exterior thing. And so the only place she has is to find it in herself. And she does. And it's like, I love her. (laughs) (laughs) That's uh, I think that's, that's yeah, you're right. The, The dream is a good moment. Uh, yeah. I was gonna bring up like one moment that I hate in this chapter is toward the end when uh when she tells Drogo that she wants to uh see his face while yeah. sex mm-hmm. and then women on top. Yeah, and she starts to enjoy <laughs> it or something and what was it like uh uh she started crying but not out of pain or something like that. That was kind of a gross line I thought. Yeah, there's some. It's still problematic. It's still <laughs> fucked up. But yeah. and I also don't. I want to make a like just a minor clarification. Not. I don't want to like in, imply that if you're in this kind of situation and you don't like become a girl boss, uh, that you're any less strong or anything like that. I don't want to say that. So. Um. You know, she does find agency and she does like start exerting her own will more. But, uh, I don't want to say that like if you don't do that, you're, you're shitty or anything like that. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. And again, again, it's within, within the role that she's been forced into. So she can get some sort of, I guess, self actualization and some sort of control. But again, it's within the role that she's already been put into by other people. Yeah. 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 There's a part where she says, uh, where I think, Jorah calls her queen and she says not a queen, I'm Khaleesi which I think the show plays up for epicness but I don't think it's supposed to be (laughs) Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of nice um, imagery whenever she goes into the so they're like on the edge of the Dothraki Sea and she's the first one to go into it and there's a lot of um, cool imagery about uh, the green of the grass like swallowing her up and like uh let me i have uh they she loses herself in the green and it so it swallows her up and this is uh i'll talk about it a little bit in spoiler stuff but yeah it's just some cool imagery that i wanted to point out yeah i also found uh, interesting so- the description of uh of the ghost grass with like the uh oh, the yeah, pale yeah. stalks that kind of reminded me of weirds maybe <laughs> Oh, I thought they were supposed to be like others, but I mean that's kind of similar, also. But yeah. anyway, yeah. Also, we yeah. get. Uh, yeah. I think the Sim- fir- similar to this sort of nature slowly taking things over in the same way the uh, white wolf. We mm-hmm. also get the first title card and- in this in this chapter. <laughs> when Charles oh, and, uh, says like the the high lords play their Game of Thrones, and uh, the small folk oh, yeah. would rather like just be left mm-hmm. in peace and really don't care who. Uh, who is ruling them as long as it's not a tyrant and maybe know, maybe the best the lines that sounds... Jorah has in the whole series or the best advice oh, they Jorah? selling Fuck. them into slavery Jorah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, he's not he's not leading yeah. by example, but like at least he he recognizes. Uh, well, that's the thing. What, what, what what I called the, him a cynical the, asshole before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He realizes things, but he's you know he's kind of like Sandor, where he doesn't yeah. like. He's just like, oh, the system sucks, but I'm not going to do anything about it because uh, I'm a shithead. And um, yeah. <laughs> so there's um, some talks about moons and eggs in this chapter. I think we take that to the spoiler <laughs> section, right? <laughs> oh yeah, dude. There's so much shit in this fucking chapter. There's also the stuff where um, Jorah talks about uh, the grass. Like, there's a bunch of different types of grasses, and uh, it's like. You know, this is a bit of Dothraki culture that's like filtered through this milk toast asshole. Um, so I'm sure there's more to it, but George, water us, please give us more Dothraki stuff. But anyway, <laughs> and he also talks about how when the, when the grasses bloom, the Dothraki sea becomes like a sea of blood. Mm. And <laughs> it's some good shit right there. <laughs> yeah. I also like that's the, pretty good. I guess okay. Then we talk about moons and eggs later. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that probably that also this this uh, the dialogue between uh, like what, what is it, uh, Eerie and uh, Dorian. So it was, was a was a good comedy and bit. Dorian, I think, like, yeah. yeah. Where she says where moons no is, egg. Yeah, where one is just like <laughs> giving this this really cool like. Uh, a tale from like her culture and then the other says ah you you're so foolish obviously the mood is an egg oh the mood is not an egg yeah mm-hmm. not yeah to i be think like, it's i think it's be funny like in this context atheist about it like orally uh, yeah. stupid <laughs> but like yeah. i mean she says moon is god moon is god so wife of sun yeah like it's the exact opposite of being an atheist i guess <laughs> yeah checkmate atheist uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Checkmate egg atheist. Yeah. I'm a- egg agnostic. 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 <laughs> 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 Alright, what else we got? <laughs> I think we have a title for this uh, episode. Um, do we move on to Bran? Because there's also a lot of shit in Bran. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's go, Bran. An emotional roller coaster this chapter. Okay. Mm. Yeah, fuck. Good this chapter. Day. The brand chapter, yeah. I mean. Yeah. All our babies. A lot of babies and a lot of puppies. Yeah. They're so <laughs> all our babies Play are like grieving. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, Rickon seems Damn it. mostly okay in this one. Like he's having fun Rickon's, with the wolves. Rickon's fine. Rickon's the most okay anyone yeah. is in these books. And by <laughs> okay, I mean uh, he just... <laughs> He just hangs out with murder monsters. He becomes a feral child. (laughs) He is feral. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, uh, have you guys seen Mad Max Road Warrior? Yes. There's that little. It's like that child, yeah. Yeah, the little child with the boomerang. Uh, Yes. Anyway, that's where it comes. That's confirmed. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, so Bran is watching from his tower window. He's watching. Rickon run around and he's really he's like about to cry because he can't okay, run he's anymore. Just, sorry. Let me just interrupt you with this perfect description. He could hear his brother's breathless laughter as Rickon dashed across the hard-packed earth on little baby legs. <laughs> <laughs> he's got yeah. baby legs. And that's all these books are about. Just babies running around with wolves. I love it. 
<laughs> there should be way way more scenes of the Starks just playing with their dogs. More descriptions of that, please. please. Yeah, water us, George. <laughs> just make a Winds of Winter just just Rickon and Shaggy Dog hanging out. Mm-hmm. Just like going on a going on an adventure. Going on an adventure. That's also not to skip to the final uh, line of this oh. chapter, but that one destroyed me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Um, so yeah, Bran uh, is watching his brother, and then Old Nan tells him a, a spooky story that pr- it's probably nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it'll come up ever again, probably. No, nah, it'll just be a regular night. So then. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Lewin comes in with Hodor, uh, and Lewin, I like him. He treats Hodor like a person, and it's good. He asks Hodor to bring him down. It's very nice. It's something, it's a subtle thing, but yeah. Uh, Lewin said disabled people's rights. It's good. We got this question, I think, in the, in the book club. There is some, some theme or some meaning to it that, like, uh, it's, it's another disabled person, uh, Mm. Helping Bran, mm. but they—they they are the two of them getting so close. Do you think there's something to it? Like, personally, I uh, honestly I think it's it's uh, more a case of uh, not having to give Hodor that much of a a character, maybe just for plot convenience. I don't think Hodor is just a plot convenience. No, but like uh, you know, not hmm. not. To have another person with uh, much of, of an agenda in the in the later uh, oh, in the okay. later chapters, maybe yeah, 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 that would complicate like you know what's what's coming for Brand. I'm trying to think of like other examples, uh, and the only other person with is like Patchface that I can think mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. So maybe not the best pattern. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I yeah. Uh, it's something. something. I don't know what it is, but it's something. <laughs> yeah. I guess it's nice that he is treated reasonably well yeah. by the the Starks and the people yeah. who are there. And it's not a sort of, if you're not useful, you get thrown out. Yeah. Although I guess he is useful because he's strong. Other than like calling him fam- Hodor, although they, they know that it's not his name, it's kind of cruel. Older, yeah. <laughs> And even old Nan laughs about it. That's weird. Yeah, it's, yeah. I, w- I wonder if calling someone by the wrong name uh, ever comes up again. Oh, or like, yeah. Mm. oh yeah, there's even that line. We'll talk about that in if we get to it <laughs> an hour from now. Um, so, okay, so they go down to the the like hall of the Starks, and Tyrion is there, and so is uh, uh, Rob. He's sitting there with his steel beard. And he's being kind of a dick to Tyrion for uh, reasons we know, but that Tyrion doesn't, so it's a little bit uh, not the like best political move. But uh, Rob is a child. Yeah. yeah, Rob is a baby. Yeah, who also believes like this man north. might have tried to kill his little brother, right? Yeah, so, but yeah, that's he, he masters as much as diplomacy. As he he does to. like that. Meme face, who's of the of the of the of kid the who has... coming out of his forehead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Tyrion's perspective, this child is just super angry at him for no reason. Mm-hmm. 
so then Tyrion fulfills his promise to John. He came up with a good a good gift on his walk south, and he's got a, a design for a saddle that will let Bran ride. And uh, yeah, it's nice. It's the most selfless, nice thing Tyrion ever does in his life. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. And this is where he says that he has a weakness for, was it, cripples, bastards, and broken thing line. Mm-hmm. Nah, that's probably not. Mm. <laughs> Let's see if he uh, he keeps holding to that. <laughs> yeah. In, well. like, three books. <laughs> Let's see, yeah. I think he will. I trust him. Seems trustworthy. <laughs> yeah. He's just a funny little man. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Best interests. He's the unproblematic yeah. favorite character for everyone. Yeah. Mm. Well, and that's the thing. I, like, wanted to bring up that... Uh, after all this like fiasco and Rob finally is like, all right, you you were nice to my brother. You can stay here. And um, he he. Oh wait. So actually, first the wolves come in and they scare the shit out of him, and he pees himself a little, and it's funny. Um, yeah, they they attack him, right? Or like, almost. Close, yeah, I mean, close they, to attacking him if, if they won't have been called back. All of them, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All three. Up on, um, up on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So. He basically, he says, like, he pokes fun at himself and says, like, oh, I've lost a little dignity, nothing else. So, like, I'm not hurt. But, um, and then Rob gives him the offer of hospitality. But even though he can, like, poke fun and realize that he's, like, indignant, he's he's still refuses any help and any, like, hospitality or, or, like, kindness. Um, So, yeah, that's just Tyrion brain. Rob even says... Rob says he doesn't even know why the wolves did it, so I guess mm-hmm. huh. you don't know how to prevent it if you don't know why <laughs> they did it. Yeah, I think Tyrion is acting quite reasonably here, and is, yeah, yeah, I think he understands I that, think... that Rob is under some under some pressure and emotional stress, and maybe is not yeah taking these slides to as hard as Tyrion might in in other situations. Mm. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't, he doesn't do like Joker comments yeah. uh, about the situation. Like he's, he's being mostly. He's, yeah, all the jokes he does here are about himself, right? He's not yeah. like uh, sniping at other people for a change. Mm-hmm. He does call him. He says, "Spare me your false courtesies, boy." So yeah. he does call him boy. True. I mean, he is a boy. <laughs> well, he is a boy. <laughs> I'm not your boy, Lannister. But he's, pre- he's pretending to be a lord at the moment. He he tells the night uh, the Night's Watch people that they can stay, but he seems to have like memorized the words rather yeah. than actually just saying that they can stay. He's mm-hmm. trying so, like when even Bran notices that uh, that Rob yeah. is trying, but uh, you know it sounds unnatural. Yeah. So then. Uh, Hodor takes Bran back up to have a little nap before dinner, and Bran has a, a freaky nightmare where he's climbing a tower for, like, miles upwards, and then he dies, and he wakes up. Um, it's probably nothing. And then <laughs> and then he goes back down to dinner. Or, I don't know. Did you guys want to say anything about the dream? Well, I mean, I guess we obviously know what the dream is about because he sees the gargoyles and it says they might have been lions but now they're twisted and grotesque so that's obviously Jamie and Cersei which we know from the earlier chapters mm-hmm. and he just mm-hmm. really really yeah. doesn't want to remember what happened before he fell mm-hmm. oh there that reminds me um, since we talked about 
moons and eggs last chapter um gargoyles like you know historically they're the first gargoyle i think is like there's a legend about some guy cutting off the head of a dragon and he mounts it on his castle etc so they're basically equivalent to dragons um and then we have in the imagery of the dream he is climbing up the tower and the moon is like gigantic behind it and he says he could see gargoyles in the moon or something like that Mm -hmm. so they're Uh like superimposed over it so yeah it was just something huh. I noticed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so they take him down to dinner with uh, the Night's Watch brothers. And Yoren is super, super and... stinky. <laughs> He's always described so grossly. Like, I, yeah. I don't need to He's hear got a that much problem. detail like that. His, his beard is like a... tangled and he smells sour like he's never, hasn't bathed in years and yeah, thanks for the description. I guess. It's like like spoiler, like he becomes like really good. Yeah. In, in like the next book. Yeah. And everyone loves him. <laughs> so. Oh, he's a he's, good. He's dude. building up a crust to keep himself warm. Mm. Oh. Ah. Okay. <laughs> yes. This this uh, Night's Watch threats. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. like, I'm always in the cold, so I never sweat. So I need, I don't, I don't need a shower. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Yorin also kind of just says Benjamin is probably dead. Yeah. 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 And then Rob said that's impossible. And then, yeah. Yeah, he mentions children of the forest. Like, yeah, maybe they are still somewhere out there. And, uh, you can't always tell, uh, the difference between, uh, dead and alive things up there in the north. So it's like really, yeah, really blunt with a lot of, of supernatural stuff that he believes in. Hmm. Uh, didn't didn't Bran even bring up the children of the for- of the forest at this point? Like how the yeah. children of the forest yeah. are gonna come and save Benjamin? Yeah, he says it's like the story that old man was telling him, um, yeah. and that the children will come and help him. And then Theon laughs. Um, yeah, right. And Master Lewin's like, no, <laughs> they're course. dead. <laughs> but Yorin Yorin doesn't laugh. Huh? Yeah, he's like, mm. yeah, down down here that might be true, but like uh, north of the wall, it's it's something different. Yeah. Yeah, and then we, um, we get a great scene where uh, Rob is carrying Bran back up to yeah. his bed and they like make plans for the future. Just very sweet. It's very sweet yeah. and it's uh, very heartbreaking. They say, uh, we're gonna go and visit uh, John at the wall and we won't even tell him. He will be so surprised yeah. to see us. And they will surprise uh, Caitlin when she comes back and like uh, they. They ride towards her and surprise her with Bran riding on a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's they, that's that's obviously all going to happen. Yeah, yeah. God, I love the writing here too. Whenever it's he's blown out the candle, but um, there's a line like he could still feel Rob's smile even though it's dark, and he heard his brother sob and like couldn't see him, but he reached out and found his hand. And yeah, Jesus Christ, my my bones. <laughs> I can't wait for them to go see John at the wall yeah. together. That would be nice. I can't, yeah. can't wait for Kylan <laughs> to come back. <laughs> also, like, I want to point out one one line uh, of this chapter where uh, Brain once again says he's he's almost a man grown because <laughs> he's, that, yeah. he's eight. Mm. That's like <laughs> Ned. Yeah. He can't cry because he's almost that's like nine. Ned's, Ned's parenting coming through. <laughs> 
<laughs> like if you're three, you face your fears, and if you're nine, you're a man grown. <laughs> you gotta cry, Bram. <laughs> yeah, let yourself yeah. cry. Get get all your tears out while you're while you're under eight, because afterwards you're not allowed anymore. Oh no! Hey, here's some of the things they eat in this chapter. They eat suckling pig and pigeon pie and turnip soaking in butter. And afterward, the cook has promised honeycombs. Yeah. So, uh, I think I did some of these. Yeah. Turnip sounds nice. Uh, I'm not sure about pigeon pie. I did that. Probably okay. Yeah. It's probably okay. Either like chicken pie. Nothing super gross in this one. Uh, this also is probably like northern cuisine, right? Sorry, I I'm, I wonder if there's like a difference between like uh, northern foods and uh, the things they're gonna eat uh, in King's Landing. Oh well, they don't have any like fruit, like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. just just meats, meats and like meats turnips and, and squash, meats and, and, and yeah, grain, roots, root vegetables. I don't, yeah, Onions, I don't think they got probably. any pomegranates or. or Fucking melons or peaches. Yeah, or, peaches. Uh, I mean, in the Danish chapter, we also had, that, a, uh, had a description of her just getting a cheese platter, right? Cheese and fruits. Which also sounds nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I'd rather nice. have that, honestly. I mean, we know Sansa's <laughs> had lemon cakes at some point, very often. Probably. It's probably like, yeah, it's probably, that's that's why she loves them so much, because it's like a rare thing to get in the north. Yeah, Sansa can have a little lemon cake as a treat. <laughs> mean. Uh, okay. Anything else about this chapter? Or are we going on to no, mid? Uh, let's let's go um, on. I'll say uh, old Nan. Okay. Old Nan says that all crows are liars. I just like to <laughs> just like to mention. Weird. That. I love old Nan. Okay, we'll talk She's about like, that in like I'd ten love minutes. Like a, a creepy story, grandma. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great! I love like, old Nan, and she they run. Uh, Bram like runs through her history of like. How she just came here as a wet nurse, and she had some family, but they're all dead now, and she's just chilling now. Like, except Hodor was like a great grandson or something in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In that ballpark, but, yeah. No one really man, knows. I'm I guess. A, I guess I don't know if it's the same for Europeans, you guys, but um, imagine if like we had a place in society for old people and didn't just like sequester them in a in a group home to like die slowly and if oh, yeah, we have that the same yeah. yeah what a world jeez <laughs> what a world maybe you could learn something from the stories right jeez <laughs> <laughs> oh could we wait <laughs> anyway <laughs> uh ed edard ed ed edard and eddie <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, Ed's a yeah. stick. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ed, Edward is uh, basically just going over uh, over John Aaron's death with, with, uh, with Pycelle, yeah. So it's like yeah. low-key like uh, investigating him, I guess. What, yeah. what he knows, what he, uh, he has not the, want like, to tell the, him. Yeah. He has the like X to doubt thing floating above his head or whatever. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's that's the face he makes through the whole chapter. Uh, Pai says, Pai says, 
he's not very sneaky about like, it still, right? Like he's, huh? he's basically yeah. just straight up asking him all this stuff and yeah, mm-hmm. not really holding back or uh, caring too much about uh, raising suspicions. Yeah. Paisal is so incompetent. It's actually hilarious. <laughs> I love him. <laughs> we can talk about. <laughs> I hate him, but we could talk about that in spoilers because anyway. I mean, so, yeah, so far he, I, yeah, he has. I mean, come I, off that bad, he, I he obviously sucks, but yeah. uh, you know, I love uh, when he appears and is just bumbling around. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, uh, it's also like one of those things where I I have to hand it to the show, like the way his actor. Uh, hmm. Choose up the scenery uh, and like really hems it up. I I really like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how old is, uh, is Pascal so he's like point? interrogating him about uh, Rob or er, wait John Aaron's death and uh, you know they're drinking some milk and and Ned hates it but he drinks it anyway. <laughs> <laughs> it's really really sweet milk. Yeah. Uh, and. Uh, yeah, he's. I lost my train of thought. Shit, somebody take over. <laughs> well, basically, what do they talk I mean, about? Paisal yeah. goes on and on about like the old summers, like the big great summer that happened, and it was really, really hot, and they all ate fruit, and it was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And uh, he's like, ah, oh, whoops, I forgot what you came here to Maybe talk about. Maybe not all old people's stories are, are worth listening to, right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's a great story. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... Yeah. Well, uh, they're talking about John Aaron's death. He's asking him if it seemed like natural causes. He says that um, uh, he sent the other maester away because he was purging him, like, making him, I guess, just shit a lot. Uh, which <laughs> yeah, and vomit, I think, as well. <laughs> um, yeah, so... It, and Ned brings up the suspicion that it, w- it could have been poison. And the funny thing is, is that uh, if it had been poison, making him, uh, purging him would have been, you know, actually good to do. Huh. Yeah. But, you know, uh, Paisal sent Paisa that guy away. Paisal was just worried about uh, John Aaron's butt. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just the health of it. Yeah, he said, like, uh, these young guys, they don't understand the, an old, frail colon. <laughs> uh, so then he just, like, took over and started just pumping them full of opium. And uh, <laughs> and he says his, his last words were as, as stupid as a baby's words or something like that. <laughs> he said, John Aaron... Ended his life by saying "kaka kuku pp." So he had he said Robert a bunch of times, um, mm-hmm. which is <laughs> how weird uh, is that? Uh, like this is I'm sure it's just a coincidence, but it's both the name of the king and his son. So you you really don't know who he was talking about. Mm-hmm. And then he says, and then he says, uh, "The seed is strong." Yeah. So it's weird that he's talking about gardening, like in. It's in about the fruit again. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then, what else does Ned do? He asks for a book, um, and then he oh, goes. 
and then he goes home. Uh, he sees Arya balancing on the staircase, and he does a patriarchy speech, and then um, <laughs> and then he talks to Littlefinger. Uh, <laughs> Littlefinger is full Joker mode once again. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We kind of already talked about this part with Arya in the last chat, uh, like yeah. before. So yeah, we yeah. So Littlefinger that together. Yeah, that's okay. It's fine. Uh, Littlefinger because it shows that time has passed. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It just shows that she's still doing her training, and apparently, Siri mm-hmm. is making her do weird exercises. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wonder dancer can stand on their pinky toe alone for hours. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but Littlefinger says, "I've come to help you. I found all these uh, people from John Aaron's household uh, that are still here, and it's like some rando people that uh, and a squire." And, and he uh, also says, "Have you have you considered spies?" Yeah. Wait, spies. Yeah, he's, and that is, uh, he's like doing what? the chaos is a letter speech from yeah. the show, where he's just he's just pointing at random people mm. and saying, Ooh, "That guy, <laughs> that guy works for Cersei, and that one works for Varys, and and that one works for I don't know Pycelle, I guess that one works for me." <laughs> I want to talk about the show for a sec because the scene. Uh, the equivalent scene for this in the show is one of the famous garden walking scenes. And uh-huh. they, they walk past, they're in, in like, they're inside the castle in the, in a garden. And they walk past this little boy on the ground. It was just like sitting <laughs> on the ground like a gremlin with his like <laughs> knees under his chest. And he's like, he, I don't know what the fuck he was doing. He was like, uh, <laughs> He was like scratching some sandals with a rock. Like I don't. He was like polishing sandals. I have no idea. Um. So, and it, it was just Student funny child stuff. Yeah, but it's like this random little like like grubby gremlin child that's like <laughs> inside the castle somehow, and he's acting completely natural, just uh, rubbing two rocks together or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what he does. Everything. Yeah, so then Littlefinger points to that kid. They walk right past him, and Littlefinger, like, points at him and says, That guy's Varys's. (laughs) (laughs) Notice this completely natural child who belongs here. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, so that was funny. So do you all think that uh, Littlefinger is bluffing at this point? Or does he actually point out real spies? I don't know if it matters. Yeah, <laughs> it probably doesn't matter. Yeah. I was just wondering. The sentiment is true, I guess, because yeah. they are being spied on quite a lot. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter if they're those particular and people, I guess, but makes him paranoid. Yeah, was, it it works to Littlefinger's benefit either way. I mean, I was wondering, yeah. like, how far is is Littlefinger kind of trying to help Ned here that he's not like getting caught too quickly or like uh, <laughs> messing up too bad. <laughs> And how much is uh, is him setting him up for failure? I'm not sure. It's probably both. Yeah. Well, the thing I'm also about... not sure how much Littlefinger is able to actually plan things through. Like I think it's yeah, mostly just I, I, improvising. I I really can't figure out what what Littlefinger is trying to do here or why he's doing it. <laughs> There's a, a famous line where uh, Ned says, uh, "God damn it, I." It seems like I have misjudged you, and then he says, uh, 
he twirls God, his mustache is... and he says, "Oh, distrusting me was the wisest thing you've done," <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, he it's says, exactly the wisest thing you've done. Distrusting me was the wisest thing. Yeah, you've done since you yeah. climbed down off your horse. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I guess which is his... a, bit, a bit too overwrought. Like, this is one of those things you yeah. know he practiced at home before, in front of a mirror. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, it looks to me that his strategy is kind of like uh, giving people just enough that they distrust him and like make them feel that they they look through him but don't take him too mm-hmm. serious because they think they have figured him out. Not to get too much like, oh, he's playing like genius 3D chess here. But uh, I think he, he, yeah, knows I think he not- does... He can't pull off the being totally unsuspicious thing, so he's kind of giving like people Lent, a little can, bit of. He could it. have done it. Yeah. <laughs> At uh, this point, like yeah. he he literally says, "Oh wow, I shouldn't have distrusted you immediately." Mm. Uh, so I, I think, I think he kind of does like a triple reverse psychology <laughs> thing. <laughs> yeah. Well, he does the thing. He points out the spies to like try and get some trust, but then he undermines. Um, Ned's efforts by telling him like, okay, don't don't go yourself to any of these places. Like, don't have them summoned here. Send your guy who it's gonna turn out. Minor spoiler that um, this squire like won't listen to his man. So <laughs> yeah. like, it, it's basically right. he's he's undercutting Ned at the same time. So so you think he's he's uh, trying to set up a. a- a situation where he has it easier to control the information that uh, gets to net. Yeah, for uh, sure. Like uh, putting middlemen into place, yeah. Yeah. And um, he's trying to, like... Yeah, yeah, he's... Yeah. Okay, sorry. Anyway, I didn't have anything to say there. There wasn't spoilers, <laughs> so I couldn't say it. Uh, yeah. Alrighty. What else do we got? He also does, like, the other thing, uh, like, the other, like, unnecessary uh, Joker line when... Like when he says, uh, he tells Ned, like, is there a person in your uh, command that you absolutely trust? And then he says, Ned says yes. <laughs> and then he says, oh, that was the wrong answer. But sent him anyway. <laughs> mm-hmm. Send this paragon. Uh, I guess little fingers wrong here because like, certainly there are a few, like, the closest guards to him, like, uh, like Jory and stuff, are, I think, uh, oh, for 100%, sure. 100% trustworthy. So. It's yeah. It's Littlefinger who's Little- wrong here, and who can maybe uh, yeah can't comprehend that hundred uh, percent loyal people might exist. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't want Ned to think so? Anyway. Yeah. Well, he's just projecting because he's a mm. dummy. Right. Um. Yeah. I'm just looking at this image that uh, is attached to the uh, wiki page to this article, and it's like uh, it's showing. Uh, little finger, and of course, it doesn't show the preview on the Discord link. It, he looks so evil in this picture. <laughs> yeah, like he he doesn't have a mustache, but mm. like he, he might as well be twirling it. Also, his hands are too large. He kind of looks like a like a, a gnome from D and D. Yeah, this is this is a man who gets his hair done at like an evil. Evil sorcerers. He's got fucking Pete Buttigieg hair. (laughs) This is just confirming it more and more. (laughs) Peter Buttigieg confirmed. Mm -hmm. Jesus. Anyway. uh, Do we got anything else? Anybody? Any more thoughts about this chapter? 
we breezed through yeah, it, all the five chapters in what was it seven only minutes? in an hour and thirty. Hour 30. <laughs> <laughs> well, record time. I I've given up the uh, idea that we're gonna make yeah. short episodes. Yeah, I think two hours yeah. is fine. It's fine for a reread podcast. Like, not a cast does two and a half hour episodes in just one chapter. Yeah, and half of it is the dumb bullshit man speaking. So, like, <laughs> you can just skip it anyway. So, anyway, <laughs> don't skip any of our stuff. It's all worthless. Yeah. <laughs> you wait until until I uh, prepare a segment where I read like the Art of War and compare it <laughs> to. <laughs> well, that's when we get to Clash of Kings, right? When it, when we can talk military strategy. Oh, yeah. With all our expertise. Can't wait. Uh, so, anyway, uh, Children of the Forest. Yeah, so should What's we up with that? get into spoiler territory? The right last now, hero. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I just said things that Old Nan also said. Yeah. So, this was not a spoiler yet, but she's, she cares. she tells just like a normal story to Bran. <laughs> it's a good fucking story. Um, you know, like. And whenever they walk in, Bran's like, I'm listening to stories right now. I'm busy. (laughs) (laughs) And like two minutes earlier, he said, I hate stories. Yeah, exactly. He's fucking hooked. Um, He's a man grown. Yeah, almost. Almost. Uh, So what I want to... The main thing in this story, I mean, besides like... We get a time scale for the long night. It's a, it's a generation. We get, you know, some details uh, describing what it would be like to live like that. Everybody's dying and people are killing their children because they, otherwise they'd starve and it sucks. Um, and then the, like, all the heroes are dead. This is ending the age of heroes, but there's one last one and he gets 12 companions and a dog and a horse. Um, so the dog uh, kind of makes us think of him as somebody who might be a skin changer. And we also get what we call last hero math, which is um, any like 12 things plus another thing that's similar, but kind of set apart because he's the leader. Um, it happens right a couple paragraphs later, whenever we enter the, um, the hall and Rob has 12 guards and he, he's sitting there and he's posing like a king of winter, like the statues down in the crypts with the sword across his lap. So, um, and he's also opposing him is seven people, which is Tyrion, his two serving men and the four Night's Watchmen. Um, so seven's kind of like an important, important number two. Uh, it's usually associated with the, with the others. Um, so I don't know. I hesitate to try and like decode this scene and say that it's like an exact uh, echo of some historical event, but it's just interesting. Yeah. What, so what, it's like putting good? putting Rob in the last hero's position, basically, and and also giving us an association between the last hero and the King of Winter. Any idea what the the direwolves uh, attacking Tyrion in that scene might mean? Um, so that's another thing where it could have been like early draft weirdness whenever Tyrion was supposed to take over Winterfell. Um, uh-huh. but it still works in this scenario where, you know, he, as head of the seven, he's kind of like head of the others. Um, he's the Night King. Yeah, it could be the Nightman. Um, so that's why they didn't like him. <laughs> but. And it's interesting, though, because Tyrion gives Bran a gift, 
And and the other thing is that Rob stands up out of the like Stark seat, and Hodor puts Bran into that seat. So okay, yeah, I, it's probably nothing. <laughs> huh. uh, there's another like popular fan theory that I think is based on one throwaway line Bran says in this chapter. It's uh, when he says. Uh, old Nan has known so many Brandons that uh, she sometimes doesn't know which Brandon she's talking about. Yeah, all the Brandons so like a, have become the same person in her head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's like a semi-popular uh, fan theory about how Bran is all the brands. It, that's total bullshit, right? Yeah. <laughs> or is there anything to it? I think there's like, isn't there like a Bran the Builder part two theory where yeah, that, once the wall comes down yeah, um, he'll build it back yeah. up again sort of thing. So I guess it in a sort of more thematic way, maybe than literal. Yeah, I mean that's the thing, right? When that's because when a when a theory, when it's just the thematic thing, that's cool. Uh, but like fan theories that take things too literal are always like, yeah. Will, will Tyrion literally become a giant? <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, what if Mance uh, is actually Rhaegar? Oh, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of theories. Like, what if uh, Renly is actually cold hands? What if Tyrion? A- <laughs> <laughs> what if everyone Renly is cold, cold hands? What if everyone My is favorite- a faceless man? <laughs> <laughs> My favorite subcategory of uh, of bullshit fan theories is this is spoiler stuff, right? Uh, yeah. Is is when people are saying, "Oh, RLJ is too obvious." Yeah. It's gotta so, be Ned and his sister, Ned and Ashara. Like, yeah, it's only obvious because we've been with these books for thirty years, and everybody's knows that shit already. So, yeah, it's the one about um, Tyrion being um, a Targaryen as well, where they're like, "Well, because Tywin says he's not his yeah. son." <laughs> yeah, so that obviously well, means that he's the time travel baby of uh, Daenerys and Drogo. Ex- exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, no character stuff going on there. He could, he could be uh, um, Eris's bastard, I guess. But yeah, yeah, but maybe. What it's, would this it's he could, be, but like right? the point is that he is Tywin's son. Yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Just like Jon is still Ned's son. Yeah. Um. So, uh, oh yeah, the Arya Septa thing. Um, I was gonna make a little thing that like. Uh, she kind of becomes a uh, what with a a silent sister in a way by uh-huh. becoming a faceless man. Um, you know, the person that like ushers you into death and and they cover their faces. The silent sisters do. So yeah. some some something there. Uh, so is that like a reverse septa or what's that? Well, the silent sisters are belong to the faith, but uh, they're like uh, oh okay yeah they like dress bodies for funerals and stuff and they uh, yeah they go they're like Valkyries um, they go into which are also like ravens because they go onto the battlefield and you know like take care of the dead bodies um, after the fight. And and they do that like in peacetime too. So they, uh, um, yeah, we see them a couple times in the story. But uh, yeah, uh, y'all ever y'all like seas of blood? <laughs> <laughs> well, occasionally. <laughs> uh, 
can have a li- little little sea of blood. <laughs> Slurp. Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I don't know if I got into it on the um, the little mini podcast, but uh, one of the things that happens whenever Azor High stabs Nissa Nissa with a sword is that her he, the sword drinks like her life force. She's like absorbed into it, and hmm. Lightbringer is also like the Weirwood Tree, and I'll, I'm not going to try and support that right now, but it is. Um, so there's a lot of scenes where um, Nissa Nissa characters are like melting or being absorbed into like weirwood net symbols. So in her dream, she's like melted and and like uh, you know disintegrated basically by the dragon's fire, which is like the sword hitting her. And then a little bit later, she is like melts into the Dothraki Sea, which is a big green sea. And whenever it blooms, which uh, in this world is conflated with um, your first period, um, mm. is called a, whenever a girl blooms. Um, and also moon blood, etc. That's all like period stuff, uh, which is nice and fun. But uh, that's whenever it turns red. So like the um, the cycle roughly lines up with a new moon. So whenever the moon is not in the sky it's black that's whenever women get their moon blood that's whenever the sea turns red that's whenever uh you know the sea of blood is basically it's the same as the moon meteors landing in the ocean uh or the weirwood net and turning the whole thing red is setting it on fire like activating it and um and like consecrating it uh like the like how I don't know, holy water. You like whenever you they turn communion into Christ's blood, kind of thing. Mm. So, huh. yeah. So that's like Interesting. that's a that fall in like uh, logistical terms or like trying to like give you a reason for why this happens. We think that's like how Azorahai activated the Weirwood Net and allowed humans to go into it. Was he? he made Nissa Nissa the like into the weirwood net essentially like um you could even think of the weirwood net as her mind that uh and every skin changer after Azorahai is like body snatching her damn which is also why you wed the tree that's why Bran has to wed the tree so yeah Okay. And when he Fun. eats Jojen, is that related? Uh, when he eats Jojen, that's like um, a sacrifice. There's there's other sacrifices I think happened along with Nissanissa's sacrifice that involved like uh, Zorahai's like right hand man or like his hand. You know, like there's a lot of um, burnt hand and like hands getting cut off and that kind of stuff. That's like uh, I think that's what that is uh, talking about. It's like. You sacrifice your hand for greater knowledge, um, mm. just the way the way you sacrifice your like own eye or your own uh, legs or that kind of thing, like Jamie or Brian. Ooh, like um, Victorian. Mm-hmm. Well. <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah. Smart, I mean, smart, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
uh, I'd also, well, since you bring up Victorian, I want to bring up, because uh, it happens with Vis- Viserys is another guy like this. There's a lot of, like, failed Azor High characters, too, that are, like, trying to do this stuff, but they end up dying horribly because, you know, they, they're like Icarus, I guess. Um, so whenever, every time Viserys, like, grabs Danny's nips, like, that's a call out to, um, Nissa Nissa bearing her breast in the Lightbringer story. Um, that language. So, like, he's always trying to fucking be a creep. Um, nips and nips. Yeah, but, and he, he's trying to, like, use her to gain power by trading her to, uh, Drogo, but it's gonna backfire on him because he sucks and he can't, like, handle it all. And he's called a fool. Uh, there's a lot of fool imagery around Azor Ahai because he was, you know, even if he succeeds, he's still a fool. He, like, fucked everything up. So, um, I think that's all. Let me see if I got anything else uh, for this. Oh, okay. Um, we also... Uh, Danny says that dragons... Um, she heard that they came from the east beyond Ashai, uh, which is... Uh, one of the things that, like, just supports the idea that Valyria wasn't the place that they originated, and that they are older than that, um, and that they're associated with the Shai. Um, oh, the other thing I wanted to say is another thing linking the, like, Dothraki sky stuff to the, and the, and the sea to Weirwood stuff is that Dothraki do everything of importance, like, under the stars. So that their ancestors can see, and that's the same thing that first men do whenever they take oaths or get married in front of a heart tree, so that their ancestors can see. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, that's good. Um. Oh yeah, there's also a part where Danny sees a. Uh, she enters her tent and sees the eggs, and she sees a dusty red finger of light uh, reach out to touch her dragon eggs. And for an instant, a thousand droplets of scarlet flame swam behind before her eyes. So, the dusty red finger of light is like Lightbringer striking the egg, and then she sees a thousand drops of flame uh, exploding from it. So, that's like, like basically the same as the Karth story that, about the two moons, the thousand thousand dragons poured out. Okay. Okay. Cool. Wow. Uh, I had like one more thing uh, from the brand chapter that I, that I just remember that I was thinking about while we were discussing because I don't remember Duncan Egg uh, that well. Did Old Nan like know Blood Raven? Like, or could she have known him? Because um, she says the thing about crows lying. Yeah. Oh, I don't think so. I don't think he ever really came north, did he? Before joining the Watch. I mean, yeah, he, I don't remember it, have, uh, that part that much. He might have come through Winterfell, right? When he joined the Watch? Yeah. Yeah. So maybe. But that's when... Oh, yeah, because that's the reasoning people say that uh, Dunk and Nan, a uh, regular Nan boned, is whenever that happened. Hot Nan. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Young, hot school teacher Nan. <laughs> uh... Do you guys want to hear a fun little thing that's like, uh, it's about lemurs? Uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> whenever Danny mentions them going through the forest of Cohor and there's these purple eyed lemurs that live there, 
And the name lemur comes from a Latin word that means ghost. Uh, mm-hmm. And they're something like in real world, there's some kind of myth that's like they uh, were thought to like be re- like the spirits of the dead, like incarnated as little monkey guys. Yeah, uh, and they're creepy. Yeah. And these ones have purple eyes. So. Like Valyrians. So this is one of the, like, little hints that uh, is used to support the idea that uh, dragons might have, like, souls of the dead inside them. Okay. Cool. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of, I don't know, thematically interesting as well. Do you think, like... uh all these uh, thematics or all this, like, myth stuff, is it going to have, like, textual payoffs in uh, A Dance with Dragons, or is it all just going to be, like, subtext or all just, like, parallels? Or just the... little Easter eggs, maybe. That's yeah. I think a lot of stuff is not going to get direct, like, confirmation, or the confirmation we get will be, in like, encoded in the same way, mm-hmm. where we'll have to, uh-huh. like... Something will happen in the main in the main storyline conclusion, and that's like the only hint we'll get as to what happened in the past. Like it, nobody's gonna come out. I don't know. Maybe Morrowind's gonna come out and be like, "I have seen the entire Earth in it, all its history." And like he's just gonna tell what happened, but or maybe Bran will see that. But I think it's gonna be encoded in the same language and and try to keep that like same tone. Um, so. And I could be wrong about everything, and it's not going to pay, like, you know. <laughs> when they bring out the book at the end that says A Song of Ice and Fire, then it'll be in, it'll be in there. <laughs> Tyrion isn't in there, weird. He <laughs> oh. <laughs> wasn't that important, it's fine. Tywin just pooped himself. <laughs> <laughs> well, he was, he was poisoned uh, by um, Oberyn, so. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's another... Uh, I, I'm just thinking, like, uh, Pycelle didn't want John Arryn to shit himself, and then Tywin dies shitting. So is, is that a parallel? <laughs> uh, oh yeah, we didn't so talk about method anyway. And then there's, like, the Danny chapter in Dance with Dragons where she is, like, shitting and farting, like, three days <laughs> without pause. Yeah. She got a little disintegrated. Or something, I don't know. She was like chipping <laughs> balls off of the berries she ate. Um, yeah. Seeing faces in the sky and stuff. But uh, She's like drinking dirty water and stuff. Yeah. Pycelle, like, uh, I, wanted, I wanted to talk a little bit about Pycelle. Um, first, like, as far as plot stuff. So he sent a, he he saw it in Cersei's eyes that John Aaron needed to die. So he sent away the guy that was like actually helping helping him and then just started like put a funnel in his mouth and poured all the milk of the poppy in. Um so that he couldn't fucking speak. Uh which sucks. But and then um yeah, it, but he's so incompetent here because he's like giving he's like he just gives Ned the book. He doesn't like think about that at all. <laughs> he doesn't like. Maybe he tells Cersei that Ned is like asking questions. I don't know. He's just such a yeah. Like Ned doesn't. He's not trying that hard. Yeah. <laughs> and he could have just given him a different. He's not a great book. detective. 
Like, <laughs> <laughs> he could have done anything. He could have yeah. said, like, yeah. He's, Does he connect the book to the death? Like, has he worked it out, or is he think it's unrelated? Well, if he if he thinks that, then he's just doubly incompetent. So, <laughs> like, he, does, he doesn't understand bloodlines. He doesn't know what it means. <laughs> he didn't know that you could just take it off. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he can't do Punnett squares. He doesn't know how. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, and the, so as far as like symbolism stuff, um, he wears a red robe and he's got a big white beard and stuff. Uh, so he's, he's he looks he looks a lot like Santa Claus. It's nice, <laughs> but in in Norse mythology, <laughs> Santa is another form of Odin. And he's like a psychopomp that, you know, leads you to the underworld, which is, you know, he does that by easing people's passage while they're dying. He okay. is like... Does he still give presents, though? Uh, well, he gave him some milk, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> uh, he's talking about Old Town, and the stuff that he mentions is... Uh, what a, It's like peaches, but then everything after that is like all dark stuff so he says the city only came alive at night and then he talks about pomegranates which are the underworld fruit nightshade and moon bloom so like he's talking about uh old town has this like great nice summer place but really it sounds like this dark like death place and he's trying to like tempt ned with it while he's giving him this like milk of the poppy honey sweetened thing um and honey is uh, ice associated through uh, a couple different things. Um, I don't want to get into it, but think of how the eerie uh, looks like it has honeycombs on it because of the prison uh, cells. Okay. Yeah. Honeycomb was also served in the brain chapter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. sometimes yeah. it's nothing. <laughs> <laughs> but that would be boring to talk about, right? <laughs> well, the food, the food symbolism. There's so many food symbol. Yeah. Like, I don't know if it's all, you know. Sometimes he just likes food. Yeah. So the pigeon pie represented bran being cooked in a pie. Damn pigeon. It's like it's like a bird. Yeah. So yeah. It's like that's the difference between like crow and raven matter. Um, maybe. I don't think so. <laughs> Not like a whole lot. If it does. Okay. Um, I also d don't like this would be would just complicate things. Yeah, I mean, Bloodraven is a liar. Like, yeah, uh, in the past, if not with uh, Bran, with Bran, I mean, he's definitely like not giving him the whole truth. Um, and he could be he could be lying to Bran and still trying to do his like you know utilitarian uh thing where he's just he's trying to save the world but he's not using very good means to do it it's more a, a lying a lying by omission I yeah guess. i mean he's at least doing that with bran so all right anything else we want to talk about we're almost at two hours so uh, we should maybe try to wrap it up yeah uh i think i've got closing uh, i think i'm pretty much good what do you think Chaz? Do you, uh... do you have some fun I was yeah. This was really this was really nice. Thank you for having me on. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for yeah. coming. Uh, I think you're welcome back. Like anytime. Anytime you want. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh. Uh, do you want to like plug anything? Anything um, going on in your life? 
Uh, I've got a podcast. Um, <laughs> it's a bit inactive at the moment. It's about Scooby Doo. <laughs> nice. Uh, Another mystery Fred, podcast. Uh, Fred says fuck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what's it uh, called? It's called Fred says fuck. <laughs> Fred uh, says fuck. But, but it's called Fred says funk because iTunes okay. won't let me put it on if I use a bad word. <laughs> nice. Uh, so, I'm gonna like plug once again my other podcast, Age of Pods. Uh, we talk about Sufjan Stevens. Uh, the second Michigan episode is going up, I think, tomorrow. Uh, that so sounds check extremely that out. good. It's it's fun. If you want to come on that, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I love Sufjan Stevens. If you want to talk about Carrie and Lowell at any point, I would love to come on for that. Okay, that's gonna take a while, but I'll keep that in mind. We have guests lined up for the next two, I think. Yeah. Uh, for next and week then. and for some uh, weeks down the road. Uh, so, if anyone listening wanna come on in like two, three, four weeks, please just contact yeah. us. Uh, our our casting process uh, is rigorous, but uh, if you're as smart as Jess, <laughs> you you might manage. <laughs> so. uh, okay. Yeah. Well, then let's. Le- unless you also want to plug something. Oh, I got nothing. Otherwise, let's just close Me neither, it out. No. Let's close it up. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll see everyone around in Discord. Mm-hmm. Stay tuned to see if we come up with a good sign-off next time. <laughs> Have a good one. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye.